0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. It is my zechus to share with you divrei zikaron of my great rabbi, Harv Chaim Doiv Keller, Zecher Tzadik Levracha. I just want to begin by expressing hakaras hatoiv. Terabe Kivalevitz Shlita, forgive me the opportunity to share these words with you, and to just reflect and express hakoras Satoev on the good times way back when I was a child living on the fifty seven hundred block of Drake Avenue in Chicago, zip code six zero six five nine where our family and the Kivalevitz family were neighbors, the only from families on the block. And we were Nahena, and I was personally, it was a privilege to live on the same block as him and his wonderful family, and to enjoy his phenomenal scholarship in Tyra. He seemed to know just about everything in Torah. We even had times, as I grew older, that we had times we were able to talk and learning. Rabbi Kivalevitz would listen patiently to what I had to say, and he would either critique it, or more often than not, would bring me a raya, and another proof, and another proof, and another idea, with his tremendous bekias in Torah. And when he reached out to me to speak some words highlighting the godless of my Rebbe, it was only a schus to me to be able to f- listen to the request and accept the offer to share words with you, the Talmidim of Rebbe Kevalavet Shlita. My relationship with the Rosh Hashiva Zecher Tzadik Levracham was for about more than 20 years Really, my father was a very close Talmud of his, and we grew up in awe and great, great respect for the Rosh Hashiva. His chinuch permeated our house. But as I got older and I myself joined the Yeshiva of Tells Chicago, and I reached the ranks of the base Medrash Bacharim, the post-high school Bacharim, I was able to get to start talking and learning with the Rosh Hashiva. Because I would listen to his his Shi'urim and ask him to clarify it so I would be able to write it down. And when the noticed that I had interest in writing his his Shi'urim and his shmuzin, his Ashkafe Shi'urim and his Halacha Shi'urim, Pilpul he offered and really requested of me if I would be able to write it for him. And from there started my relationship with the Reshiva of writing his Torah, recording it, eventually typing it. And after many years, we were to publish the finest of his Chidusha Torah on the Parshiyas and on Yom Toivim, and a two-volume Sefer, Sefer Chidekel, which was put out about a number of years ago already. And by now, Bez Hashem, we have another set of Sefer Chidekel, Al- al-hatayrah and mayadim ready to come out, which the Rashiva in his lifetime saw the original copy, saw the e-copy, and was extremely happy that this Torah was going to be prepared for publishing. Throughout that time, with the Rashiva, I was Zaycha to learn with him in the morning Seder for an accumulated time of 17 and a half years, a year one year before I was married, then I went to learn the Eretz and when I came back another 16 and a half years, which had a tremendous impact on my ma- derech halimud, learning with him the Gemara, the Rishonim, preparing Shi'urim with him, and molded my my train of thought and learning, and was able to write down many many Shi'urim of his in learning in, in the Yeshiva Shemesachtas. To preface my remarks about the Reshiva tonight, I'd like to share with you a Yerushalmi in Masechash that the Reshiva used to say over and he said a pshat. And this will set the tone for what we're going to speak about tonight. Yerushalmi says, it's talking there about building a matseva for people, and if you collect in money for a matseva and you have extra money, what do you do with it? But the Gemara Pitzvah says, Ein oisin the there's a Manda Amar that says, we don't have to make these things like matsevas with things on it, with mamorim for tzaddikim. Because Divrahem hein hein zechreinam. Their words are their memory. And the Reshiva Zatzal used to say, the Pashib and he would always preface with Pashib before he would say his chiddush, the Pashib is that by saying over the Torah of the tzaddik, It brings you memories of the tzaddik. You remember the tzaddik that said those words. However, regarding certain tzaddikim, and the Rashiva used to say it about his rabbeim the tells the of old, that by saying their words, that is their remembrance, that is their memory, because what they said was also how they lived their lives. That was, their behavior was what they spoke about. What they spoke about were the levels and the soydos that they achieved in their lives and that's how they lived their lives. They weren't just saying torahs; they weren't just saying pshetalach, vertalach. What they said was something that was emes to them, that was absorbed into their neshamas and that's how they lived their lives. So by saying their words, that is their memory because that's who they were. And by the Rosh this is very appropriate because the 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 Torah that he said the shamayim that he said the Amura that he spoke about the Ashkafa, the musar those were things he strived for things that he they were ideals that he lived by and indeed in tells they would they they still to today they call their Shmuzin that they that they, they gave they call it shiure das they don't call it musar Shmuzin, they call it shiure das and the term das by the Telsers, which was made by the old Telser of Rabbi Yisuf was based on how he understood how he would uh, explain the ideas of Chachma, Bina, and Das. He said Chachma is information, is facts. Bina is understanding, maven davar mitoych davar, coming to conclusion, drawing conclusions from understanding and delving into the facts, into the Chachma. But Das said Rabbi Yisuf Leiblach means that the information and the Havana that you have, the understanding that you have, is so clear to you, and you understand with such conviction that it becomes part of you. Like Bayed adam as Chaba Ishtay, a of connecting and joining together. And therefore, by it entails the Yediyas and the Shi'urim that were given in hashkafa wasn't just nice Tirlach, but it was something that they lived their lives by. And the Rosh Rabbi Keller Zatzal, went in this way, absorbing the chinuch of tells, of not only having the ideas, but living by his ideals. The Rosh Yeshiva, obviously his Iker mission in life, his Iker godless, was in learning Torah. And his mission was in teaching Torah, being Machanech, in the yeshiva, in the yeshiva's tells Chicago. And he was teaching Bachrim, young people, young married men, that were learning in Kailon, However, the reshiva also reached out and he definitely spoke a, tr- a decent amount, a tremendous amount to be mashpia and Balabatim. He had small groups that he learned with. My father, he should be gezunt, was part of a vad that gathered every Shabbos. He spoke in the t- B'tzibur also throughout the city and he was a featured speaker at our Goodest and their conventions in which he gave a lot of chizuk to Balabatim to all types of yidn. And I'd like to share with you one of his classic, beautiful shtiklach that he said to Bala Batim. This he said in a Seam mashas in England many years ago. And I think it's very appropriate as a chizuk for you and to realize the maila, to realize who you are. This audience that we're to share these words with. People that tune in and have a thirst for Taira and always want to grow in Taira in whatever situation in life you're on. And the reshiva, he said over a Pasuk in this week's Parsha. It's actually two different psukim in the Parsha. One of the psukim in the Parsha, towards the beginning of the Parsha, says, "Parsha's kisavai, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Yidden, Hayoim Hazan On this day you have become a nation for Hashem. What happened on that day, that was obviously given over at the end of Moshe Rabbeinu's life, that defined the Yidden Klal Yisrael as a nation. Rashi at the end of the parsha brings a, a remarkable chazal, and the pasuk that says at the end of the parsha says, "V'loy Nasan Hashem lachem leiv l'adas." Meishabenu tells the Yidden after saying over the Teichecha, Hashem has not given you a lave, a heart to understand, te, to know, to have yediyah ve'enayim l'irois. You haven't been zoicha yet to have eyes to see and understand things. We ears, to listen and hear At Hayem hazeh till this day. But Rashi says that till this day, Klai Yisrael didn't understand properly what it means to come close to Hashem. But on this day, they now did come to an understanding of what it means to love Hashem and to come close to Him. And this was the day of Hayem Hazen, Iyei Salaam. What happened? Rashi says, it was the day that Moshe Rabbeinu, at the end of his lifetime, completed a Sefer Torah and gave it to the B'nai Levi. As it says in Parshets Vayelech, El Hakoyanim B'nai Levi. And when that happened, the rest of Klai Yisrael came in front of Moshe and said to him, Moshe Rabbeinu, we also stood at Har Sinai and accepted the Torah. And it was given to us. Why are you making the people of your Shevet in charge of the Torah, of holding the Sefer Torah? And it'll be an, another day. Will come by, time will pass, and they're going to say that was only given to us, the Bnei Levi, and not to you, the rest of Klal Yisro. So why is it that they have the Torah and not us? And Adet Moshe Rabenu was very pleased, and he was happy, and he said to them, Ah, Hayom Hazen Yisalu Now I understand that you are Dovik Tivekim Vachafetzim B'Makom. You are you're clinging to Hashem, and you really have a true desire for a Baruch and the Roshiva said a beautiful pshat. Maisha Rabbeinu gave the sefer Torah to the Bnei Levi, because Bnei Levi are the ones who teach Torah to Klal Yisrael. They're the Rabbein. they're the Machanchim, Call them the Yungolite. They're the ones who their job and their mission, their main their mainstay in life is to teach Torah. Yeru Yisrael. It says in Parshas Vezayis But the Yidden said they were afraid. That as time passes, the B'nei Levi, those that there are, spend the main portion of their day in the base medrash, those that learn all day and all night will say, well, Torah is ours. It's not, doesn't, it's not the property of the rest of Kla Yisrael. The Yidn said, we want to show that we also have a chalik in the Terra. It's not just yours, it's ours too. And Mysha Be'nu said, Hayyim haze Today you have realized you have become a nation. And the Rashiva said, "Because says in his sefer Ein uma Senu Seha,' our nation Klai Yisrael defines its nationality only by the Torah, not with any geographic location, not with any something that we conquered for ourselves. Klai Yisrael are a nation because of Torah." And when the nation of Klai Yisrael, the entire nation, not just the Leviim, but every single year understands that Torah is his, and he wants to have a Chelik in Torah, and he also wants to learn Torah, he also wants to excel in Torah. Now you have understand. Now you have understood what the nation of Klai Yisrael is with Torah. Hayom hazeh niesa salaam. and the Shiva, speaking at the Sim Hashas, it was in London. He said. That a siyum hashas of daf hayomi, when b'alabatim, not just people learning in yeshiva, celebrate the excelling in Torah, trying to work hard in learning and excel and grow in learning and celebrate the completion of shas with their daf hayomi, they are proclaiming that we also have a chelik in Torah. Torah is not just the property of the people learning in yeshivas, who we treasure and are very special, but every year has a chalik in taira. Hazeh sala'am. An oilam like yours, <coughs> Rabbi Yisai, <coughs> who have a thirst for taira and will learn taira in all situations, all ta- all different times with all your different responsibilities that you have, you find the time to learn and to participate in the shurim, Rabbi Kibalevitz or others, that is a expression of Hayyim Hazen showing that you're And this is a message the Rishiva gave over. In this vein, to bring out how the Rishiva emphasized that every yid, every yid has a mission, every yid could excel, every yid can make a kiddushim Shamayim and be special. Let me share with you a personal story that happened with me and the Rishishiva. I once came into his house on a, on Purim, and the atmosphere was freilach. It was, it was there were bakram there, mostly. And there were perhaps, about there were some maybe Balbatan family members there. And I asked the Rashiva for a bracha. Rabbi, please give me a bracha. And the Rashiva said to me, Akiva, I give you a bracha that you should never become a gvir. You should never become a wealthy man. Which I may add at the side, that bracha so far has really come true. I really am not a gvir. I am not a wealthy man. But the Bahram there, who were quite Lebedic, in a lively mood, they noticed that at the same time, sitting next to the Roshiva was a Gvir. It was a wealthy man who had been, come to visit the Roshiva on Purim, and he was sitting next to the Roshiva. So they said, what about, what about Mr. So-and-so who's sitting next to you? What about him? He also shouldn't be a Gvir. And the Roshiva said, no. He said, Mr. So-and-so, I give you a bracha, you should be even a greater and greater Gvir you should be a more and more wealthy man. And let me explain, the Rashiva said. I told Akiva that he should never become a Gvir. I told this other yet he should be a greater Gvir. But let me explain. He says, we know that nations, countries, they have a military, they have an army, a navy, an air force, with many various divisions, units, battalions, and many different types of soldiers. Each soldier has his mission. Each soldier has his post that he has to be at. And he cannot desert his post. Otherwise, he's going against his mission. An Air Force man has to stay in the Air Force. A Marine stays in the Marines. And so to, and so on and so forth with every different type of soldier. So he said, Kla Yisrael needs people like you, Akiva. You should never be a Gvir. Your, your, your mission is for other things. But this Balabasir, this Yid, who is a Gvir, who is a, who is a wealthy man, and he uses his money and his Kajchais to promote teira and to support teira and to support Yidin and for Chesed and all the great things that he does, that is his mission in life. And he should be able to be a greater and greater Gvir. What is the Yisait? How does a person realize his potential? in whatever situation in life he might be. Let me tell you a fascinating thing that I heard from the Rashiva. The Rashiva said, when, Bachrim, when when boys would come over to him and ask him for a bracha, or when parents would bring over their children for a bracha, when the Rashiva would speak by simchas, maybe a bris, a bar mitzvah, his bracha would always be, you should be zeicha to grow up, to be a erlachayid, a tamar chacham. And one time the Rishiva was speaking to a group of boys, it was in the school in Waterbury, Connecticut, and he told the boys, he was finishing his, his remarks, his drasha, and he said to them, I give you all a bracha, you should become a erlachayid, a tamar chacham. And then he said, you know, that's what, that's the bracha that I give to boys, why do I give that bracha? He asked. So let me explain. Really, I'd love to give everybody a bracha that you should all become a gadol b'yisrael. So, but I have to be realistic. Not every person is going to become a gadol b'yisrael. Not everybody's the gadol adar. People could have certain shades of greatness, certain flashes of greatness, but to become the gadol b'yisrael, to become the gadol adar, Lavdavka. Not everybody does that. But if you're an Erlich yid, if you're an honest Jew, if you're a Jew of emes. And you will realize your special talents, your special kiches that you have. And with that, you will realize your full potential. And you will reach the full potential. Therefore, he benched any young man that wanted his bracha, you should be zeichet to be an erlichayin. And whatever mission, whatever you end up being in life, if you're erlich, you will reach your potential and be great. And that is something I'd like to spend some time on. The Roshiva's one of his hallmark midos was erlichkeit, honesty, emes. Once at a yeshiva dinner, the Reshiva spoke about Yaakov Avinu. He spoke about the emes of Yaakov Avinu. How Yaakov Avinu didn't deviate from the truth. And he brought a very deep passage from the, a sefer from Rav Chaim Lutzato. In his chidushim al Hataira called Sefer Megil Astaram. Rav Chaim Lutzato, most famous for his svarim, Seel Sisharim, derech Hashem, das but in his Sefer al Hattaira he speaks about how Yaakov and Esau were supposed to fulfill missions, Yaakov to be misakin and strengthen the, the toiv in the world, the tzad of goodness in the world. And Asa was supposed to vanquish the kaya the evil powers of the sitra achra in the world. But Esau failed, Esau fell out, and Yaakov had to take over and fulfill both missions of tikkun ha and eradicating the ra, the sitra achra. And for that says, in order to vanquish the, the evil of the world, Yaakov Avinu had to go to the house of Lavan and spend 20 years there. Lavan, says the Ramchal, was the toikev sitra achra. He was it. He was the power of evil in the world. And by Yaakov going down there, he was successful in putting down the Koichesara and outdoing Lavan and defeating that Sitra akhra by Lavan. And the Rashiva said, "You know, where do we find that he did like such terrible things to Lavan and he beat him and he, and he, and he ruined him and he defeated him? I mean, what, where do you see that? It seems the opposite. We find that when even when Lavan came and attacked." Yaakov Avinu, when Yaakov was running away, Yaakov Avinu only just stated the facts. He just says, "What did I do wrong?" <clears throat> he didn't fight. He didn't give him. A, he, he didn't. He didn't uh, shoot anything at him. He didn't run at him. He didn't hit him and smack him. All he said was, "Listen, I didn't do anything wrong. I was honest the whole time." I said, "Why are you chasing me? And why are you trying to kill me?" In fact, the Medrash says there, Yaakov Avinu said to Lavan, "Kimi shashto es kol you just searched all of my vessels and all of my different things that I, that I keep my belongings and you didn't find anything. And the Medras says that, you know, a son-in-law who lives by his father-in-law for 20 years, he'd probably come away with something that he took from him, maybe a knife or maybe even a, a needle or something. He didn't find anything. Yakovino didn't take anything from Lavan. And Yaakovinu states and he, he says that for 20 years, I, 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 I was Makabal Achrayas. I was responsible. I made sure nothing happened to your sheep. And the, the sheep didn't even, uh, miscarry. They didn't, they, they didn't have any problems. There. No, none of the sheep died. And if something happened, I paid back. Chazal say in the Gemara above Metziah that Yaakov Avinu was Makabal on himself, except upon himself the Achrayas, the responsibility of a shimer Socher. And he was he was mamish was watch, day and night watching the sheep of Lavan. He was he was the opposite of anything of evil towards 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 the Lavan. He just was an honest Jew doing everything right. So what does it mean that he vanquished the sitra Akhra by Lavan? And the was said of He said we see from here that the way to vanquish the evil of the world is you live amongst all this evil, uh, amongst all this dishonesty. And you're an honest person. That is how Yaakov Avinu <coughs> overcame and defeated Lavan. He lived amongst a Lavan harasha im Lavan garti Taryag mitzvah Shamarti. I was able to keep the Taryag Mitzvahs, and I didn't deviate from the truth. I did not become a cheat and a dishonest person like him. If we live in the world, said the Rashiva today, the world of all the Lavans, the dishonesty, the corruption the deceit and we remain a true jew that is vanquishing the ra of the bria and the shiva that's how he lived his life with ms with honesty you know there was an article that they said i didn't know this firsthand but an article that Rabbi Schmelzer, from the from the shiva he said that in the days some, that people, that they didn't used to ask you for your ID in the airport, so sometimes people could take airplane tickets, that written out in someone else's name, and could get on a plane like that. But the Reshiva would never do such a thing. It wasn't his ticket. It wasn't written out to him. He didn't do it. The Reshiva would bring out this Indian of Emes from this week's Parsha. This week's Parsha talks about that after the cycle of Trumas and Maestras. Giving all the, th- giving all the various, uh, separating things for the kayin and the levi and the maeser shani and maeser ani. So at the end of the cycle of three-year cycle, you have to come into the base amikdash and you have to say something called vidui maeser. Now vidui, the Rashiva said, we always think means a confession. Like we're gonna, like in slichais, some of us maybe are already saying slichais. So we say vidui, it's a confession. However, vidui maeser is the, what we think is the exact opposite of a confession. It's that a Jew comes into the base of Micktush and the says, I did everything right, bayis, I took I got rid of everything, I gave it everywhere where it has to go. Lolevi, I gave it to the Levi, I gave it to the Ger Yasam and Almana. I did everything everything like 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 I'm supposed to. I didn't go away from any mitzvah, I didn't forget anything. How do you understand that to be vidwe? So the Rashiva said that he wanted to say that Vidwe doesn't necessarily mean confession. Vidwe means to declare. It means to make a declaration. And he brought, the Rishonim say, that the idea, why did the terror say that you have to come to the of mikdash and, and say, I gave all the Miseris properly? The reason is, is because the terror wants to make sure that we give those Miseris. The Kehanim need it. The Levim need it. The Aniyim, the poor people need their ani also. And a, perhaps a person would be lazy. Maybe he w- wouldn't give it exactly the way he should. But if you have to come in the Beis Hamikdash and declare in front of a Baruch Hu, I did everything right. A yid doesn't wants to say something honest. He wants to make an honest declaration. So therefore, he'll make sure to do all the mitzvahs right, and then you could say, Hashem, secha. I didn't go, I didn't deviate from anything that you said. And the Rashiva gave a personal story. He said that I was traveling once from Eretz to the United States. And on the way, his daughter, who lives in Eretz packed him a lunch. And in the lunch bag was, was a fruit. I think it was an orange that, that he had for lunch. And as he was flying on the flight, they gave out a, one of these uh, custom declaration cards. And they wanted to see, they have to declare if you have anything there and you have to sign on it. So Rashiva said it. They asked me there, do you have to declare that you don't have any fresh fruit? And the Rashiva said, I didn't think that there was any problem that my orange is going to cause an infestation here in the United States. But if I'm going to have to sign that I don't have a fruit and I have a fruit, how could I do such a thing? I'm going to declare that I don't have a fruit and I have a fruit. I can't do such a thing. So he took the fruit out of his lunch bag and gave it over to the, to, to whatever, to the worker in the plane. And then he signed that he didn't have the fruit. That's MS. Even of the smallest deviation from Sheker, the Reshiva wasn't willing to deviate. And then the Reshiva brought the Sefer HaChinuch. The Sefer HaChinuch and vidu Meiser goes on and says something that the Rashiva used to highlight in many, many talks in Shmuzin. And that is that the reason why the Torah said that you have to say vidu Meiser, you have to declare you gave all those all those meisras, is because sometimes a person, again, maybe he's not going to fulfill all the mitzvahs the way that he should. But if he has to open his mouth and speak, that already a person should understand that is sacred. A word, the kaya hadibor, the power of speech of a person is so chashiv. You can't misuse your power of speech. You're going to come. And say, I gave my ma'asros properly, and you didn't. You're going to say a sheker. You're going to use the power of speech, which he said is the Sagula sa Says the Sefer HaChinuch, it's the treasure of a human being. It's what it's what separates him and makes him greater and more important than any anything in the animal kingdom. You could speak. You could speak intelligently, and you're going to say it. You're going to use it in a way where it's sheker that a person won't do. Or that's a person shouldn't do. So therefore, if I know that I'm gonna to have to say, I did everything properly, I'm gonna make sure to do everything properly. And the Rashiva says, you see how the Sefer Achinoch valued the power of speech, and spoke about how a yid is expected, that even if he may, he may, he may be lazy, he may not do things properly in action, but speech, that is a tire azach. That's, that's valuable beyond anything else, perhaps. And the Rashiva said, that indeed Rashi says in Parshas Bereshis, when it says, V'yahii ha'odam l'nefesh chayim, V'yipach pa'ap nishmas chayim, Hashem blew a breath of life into a person, and it became a nefesh chayim, the Targum Unkula says, it's a ruach memalala. What Hashem blew into us, as a special nishmas chayim, nefesh chayim, nishmas chayim, is the kaya ha'dibur, is a, is a nishama, is something which help which gives us the intelligence to speak, and just as a just for an aside, as a mo, just for a moment, the Rashiva used to that. that that's why he was machanach us as talmidim. He's not just tell us sheker is terrible. Yeah, he talked about sheker is terrible, but he uplifted us. He showed us how every Jew, every human being, but especially every Jew, you have a mouth. We have a a koyach the koyachadibor, the power of speech. It's holy. It's it's something it's it's like it's it's the most special thing that Hashem did. He blew it into us as a nefesh chaya. Let us use it properly. He said a moshel. Imagine there's a king, and he has a prince. He has a son. He gives him many expensive and valuable things for whatever he needs. He gives him nice clothing, and then he even gives him a royal crown. So if the son is not so careful, okay, so he make it. His, he gets his, his his clothing dirty. Okay, he's a kid. He's young. He's immature. The father's not so happy about it, but if the son takes his crown and drives it into the mud and into worse, into schmutz, and he makes it all dirty, then the king is going to get very angry. That's the crown I gave you. What are you doing with it? That's the most beautiful thing I gave you. Says the Rosh Hashiva, that's the Kaya the power of speech. It's the hoyr in the in the lashon of the Sefer achinuch. Don't ruin that. Don't make your crown full of mud. And the reshiva, that's how he lived, he was always careful with his power of speech. He would tell us that when it comes slichas times, you know, in the yeshiva, they don't say slichas at night, they say it in the morning. You can't say any of those l'shainas to talk about the nighttime. They might say yoy menucha. If you say matzah Shabbos, then you could say matzah You could say that we're saying slichas be'oid loyal if it's still the nighttime. But not if it's the daytime. The reshiva didn't like the practice of public speakers that when they're at a simcha, they would say a dvar taira, and then they would have to make up that the bal simcha somehow has to do with this dvar taira. Who says? You have to make up something about the bal simcha to fit into the vart. The Rashiva would praise the bal simcha, however he did, and then he said his vart that was appropriate for that simcha. The Rashiva once came to say a shir, it was a public shir in Chicago, it was for a big alem, and the signs said, you know, like nowadays, it was Hagoyim Rav Chaim Dev Keller saying a shir. And he came in and he said, you know, I have to say, I have to just say something, laman Ms emes for the truth, that I'm not a Goyin. I don't think it's true to say I'm a Goyin. The Rashid had a very high standard of what, what, how a person could be classified as a Goyin, and he said that I don't fit that standard. He even once, when we put out, we, we have been, uh, publishing a weekly Dvar Torah for Shabbos, which just for a moment to just share with you that if you reach out to the Yeshiva office at the email address RCDK Torah, one straight word, RCDK Torah at Telshi.edu, T-E-L-S-H-E dot edu, we send out a weekly Dvar Torah which is what ended up bringing out the Sefer Chidekel. So in that weekly shtickle, that weekly vart, we always write at the top, it's from Moreno of Chaim Doiv Keller. And he told me once, he doesn't like the title of Moreno, he doesn't think it's right. Because if he's publishing something for his Talmidim, exclusively, fine. So I'm your teacher, so Moreno means our teacher. But to anybody in the world, he didn't want to put it in. I I have to, I wasn't such a good Talmud, and I didn't listen to him, and I still put Moreno down. But But he would say, he would give many talks on Shmir HaLashon, about being careful of speaking Lashon, not speaking Lashon, not hurting other people with our tongues, with our, with our power of speech. And in his house, in Yeshiva, if even for years ago, before the popularity of the Chavetz Chaim Heritage Foundation, which is a wonderful foundation, but before it was popular, before it was founded, he would instruct his Talmidim, and Talmidim in Yeshiva, Talmidim that anybody, to learn Sefer Chavetz Chaim by the Shabbos table, and in yeshiva they still do it. They learn it by the Shabbos table. He would say over from his father-in-law, who was the Rav from Detroit for many years, Rav laser Levine Zatzal. He was a Talmud of the Chavetz Chaim, and Rav Leizer Levine said, "You know, some people like to talk." Excuse me, Rav Leizer Levine said that the Chavetz Chaim. You'd think that he wrote so much about Shmiras Haloshen, so you'd think he didn't talk a lot. He didn't talk a lot. You think he was a Shaskin, but no, said Rav he would talk, the Chavetz Chaim talked a lot. But you never heard any Devarim B'telem or Lashon Har from the Chavetz Chaim. And the Roshiva said, based on a Rabbeinu Bahaya, that Ve'oy Ha'aveho, Yoichal People, some people like to talk, but say a good word. G'me'chazek others. The Roshiva also, his Midas Ha'emes, came from his Yira Shamayim. He would talk about how, again, Yaakov Avinu was the Ishtam Yoishe V'holam. The praise of Yaakov you know, was he was an ishtam. and Rashi says it means that he was a person that was unable to trick people. Unlike unlike Esav, who was a Ish Yedatayir who tricked his father all the time, misled him. But Yaakov Avinu was a person that was not able to trick people. Mi she'eno Laramis, and the Rashiva would always ask, he said what? He says that's a praise of Yaakov Avinu, that he was a Tam. You know, on the Arba Bonim, on the night of the Seder, the four sons would you say that it's a shevach to call a person a tam? Or would it be more of a praise to call him the chacham? Yaakov was a tam? And he would add, he would say over from Rabbi meir Bloch, his Rebbe, tells her Rosh Hashiva, Yaakov was, was was not able to trick people. He told Rachel, Rachel his wife, before he married her, that he was achiv baramois of Lavan. He's able to trick Lavan. He did, he did a lot of very crafty things toward, in Lavan's house. With the, with the, with the animals and how, how they gave birth to certain types and certain colors and spotted and speckled. He was not an Ishtam, Luchairah. He was a person that was able to use his mind to do very crafty things. Rabbi Limayr said that Ishtam means Yaakov Avinu's, the praise of Yaakov was his Yirash Shamayim. Yaakov Avinu lived in the presence of a Kaddish Hu. We all really live in the presence of a Baruch Hu, but he understood it. He felt it. And if you are in front of a Kaddish Hu, you're not going to do any trickery, unless it's Ras Hashem to trick people. He was so cognizant of the presence of Hashem, he couldn't bring himself to do things that were dishonest. He couldn't bring himself to do things that were wrong. And this is also a hallmark of the godless of the Rashiva of Rabbikau Zatal. His year of Shemaim, he could not deviate from anything that was wrong. You know, they say, rebellion. Meir Bloch used to say, that it says in the Pesach, When the Torah says not to mix up the Yerusha, mix up the inheritance order in the wrong way, it says you're not able to do it. A Yid should be on the level that he cannot do anything wrong. He understands that he's in the presence of Hashem. He understands the emes of what it means, the mitzvah of the Torah. He can't deviate from the truth. And the Shiva in many many examples. He was very machped in anything that the shochan aruch said. If a mishnah brura said something, he'd be very very careful about it. Just one short example. I remember once coming into lunch in the in his office in the yeshiva, and the bakher brought in. Uh, he had a bakher that would bring in his lunch. And that day it was not a lunch that had bread. There was no Natil sedaim that day, and he was asking him what all the different foods were and what bracha they were. And the Roshiva said that he not only does, that when he, he tries to keep the halacha every day of saying 100 brachais, but he wants to keep the Seder of the Chavitz Chaim in the Mishnah Bura. And the Seder is that every meal, the Chavitz Chaim is assuming you have six brachais because you wash and you eat Hamaitzi. There's Hamaitzi, there's Hamaitzi, there's four brachais of Birchas hamazon. So the Roshiva said, if I'm not washing, if I'm not going to eat, HaMaitzi, I want to make sure that I'm having enough brachas to fill those six brachas. Mizainais, HaEitz, Adama, Shahakal, and then make two brachas of Mein uh, Shalash and the of uh, Fashais. That was the dictum HaMitzas and Halacha of the Rosh I'd like to talk about, Bez Hashem, one more big Yisaid, one thing the Rosh would speak about. He would bring down the Gemara in Makreis, the end of Makreis, to talk about how we have 613 mitzvahs, but as the Nevi'im, and throughout the generations understood that we have to condense the Torah into more compact, smaller amount of mitzvahs in order to get at the core of Avedis Hashem. And as it goes down, it gets to Chavakuk, and Chavakuk said that really all Avedis Hashem is all, could be compacted into one mitzvah. Be be a tzaddik should live with his emunah. And the rishiva would say, a pshat, a vart, that we have to live with our emunah. We can't just, emunah is not just a sugyah, not just something that we learn about, and we know the intellectual aspects of it. It has to be we live with emunah. We live understanding how Kaddish Baruch Hu is running our lives. And then he said a tremendous twist. He said that when we live with emunah, then the tzaddik be munasa yichya, and munah will give us chius. It will give us life. It will give us chizuk to go weiter and to and to be able to meet challenges, all types of challenges in life. Not put blame on other people for things that happen in our lives. And to realize it gives us chius. We're going through life. Hashem is running our lives. and he gives us oiz vechedva. Gives us a simcha sachaim. Let me tell you a very emotional but personal story that happened with me. When we were first married, for the first few years after we were married, we weren't Zaicha to children right away. And after a little while, it was a couple years already, one of the Rabbanim that we were in touch with suggested we should go we should already go to specialist, to infertility specialist, and start playing around. And my wife was very hesitant to do it, we were both very hesitant to do it. So we used our opportunity, our closeness with the Roshiva, to ask him, Nu, what should we do? should we go ahead, we, 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 you know, we were halishing to have children. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of serious side effects that could come up by starting to engage in infertility treatments and those type of things. And the Rashiva said to me, he said, you know, we always talk about bitachon. You trust Hashem. Why don't you spend three months just working on bitachon without the Heshtadlus, without running and trying to work on something and get something. You know, your wife is young, you could check with her doctor if it's going to hurt her chances of having children if you just lay off for a few months. And work on Bitachan for three months. And we were makabel, And within those three months, everything worked out. And ahara, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us a house full of children, Nahara. Again, Bitachan was life. Bitachan is real. And the Rashiva lived through times in his life, very difficult times in his life. His mother was sick when he was a very young child and really uh, like an invalid. His mother was Nifteris, passed away when he was young. His Rebbitzin, his first Rebetzin was Nifter back a number of years ago in the 1980s. He wasn't such an old man. <clears throat> a number of his children were very ill in his lifetime. He lost one of his sons-in-law at a young age after a long illness. His Rebetzin now, Shishavir Four Shalema, second Rebbitzin years of <clears throat> of medical issues, but it didn't stop him from being simcha. It didn't stop the reshiva from learning with tremendous, tremendous hasmoda and depth, which we didn't really get into, but that was his main godless in life, was his depth in Torah. And like everything else we spoke about, in Torah, his ikr simcha was the emes in Torah, as big of a pshat or as small of an emes as getting the right word, the word right, the girsa right in the Gemara. It, that was his Simcha Sachayim. The Rashiva spoke to us the last time in his life on Purim. He already was very weak. He had already gone through a number of very serious, uh, medical episodes. I mean, he was, Mamisha was a nace. He was, he, he, two times he was, he already, uh, recovered from serious, serious medical episodes and he was able to come to the Yeshiva on Purim. And already we were hearing about the coronavirus. He spoke, he said, a and the Purim Suda and Yeshiva. And what he ended off with was, he says, people are asking me, what do I say about the coronavirus? And he said, I don't know what to answer them. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a professor. I don't like saying things that I don't know about. But the Rashiva basically went on to say, he just repeated the Yisoyed that he was speaking about in his drasha. The, hanaychi, the lesson of Purim is, haster, haster panay HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us in every situation. Whatever happens to Kalai Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whether we see him or we don't, he's there. That was the of Purim. That various things happened on the surface, but deep down, Hashem was controlling everything and taking us out from the lowest of the low, the ter- most terrible Xerus and bringing us out to the greatest of Hatzalois, the greatest of salvations in the of Purim. That was the, the parting message of the Reshiva to us. Rishiva would talk about keseder. He would talk about really Chanukkah time. Kates some lachayshch. There is darkness in the world. There are hard times in the world, but great people understand kates some lachayshch. There's an end to the darkness. That sorrows don't last forever. He lived his life with achakalei b'choyem sheyavai l'shuwoscha kivisi Hashem, and we should be zeicha with this chizuk from the Rishiva from understanding. How oh, every yid has a, has a, has a tafkid. Every yid could, 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 excel in learning. erlach kait. To be an erlach yid. To use our power of speech. To live with emunah. Yira shamayim. live at a karish Hu, We should be zeicha to Hashem oiri viyishi. Hashem should be our light and our salvation. We should be zeicha bekarev to bias mashiach sirkeinu. Bilaha mabas Lanetzach, mocha Hashem alakim dimah Al-Kopanim, Thank you for listening.